Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. I like these yoga pants. They like make my butt look more buddy than it normally looks. More buddy. <laughs> but um, nobody can have more butt than me. That, Do you think that this, some random guy would just be like, I'm the man. I, I feel know. like that's like the propaganda that like our current like capitalist telescope would want you to believe that like a flat hierarchy would yep. look like, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no. I've been in workplaces that claim to have a flat hierarchy and that was told to me by my manager. Oh, that's a lie. <laughs> that That's probably just meant like we have an open door policy. You can talk to anyone, but but, yeah. but but behind the scenes, if you go up too many rungs too high to talk to people, then your lowly manager would be like, come on, man. Why the fuck didn't you talk to me about it? My boss's boss came down on me and said that we didn't have enough diversity at this liquor store. And now they're upset with me because you talked to him and not me. It's like, but I thought we had the open door policy. They complain about these things. We do, but don't use it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we do kind of, I don't know, I got reamed out for uh, suggesting an anonymous comment box, and they told me that uh, that they could that I could talk to them about anything, Yeah, and like, just like that, the door was always open. I'm like, well, if you're afraid of the repercussions that will ultimately result from an anonymous comment box... It means box, I can't talk to you about anything. Exactly. exactly. You're effectively saying, like, you could come talk to me if you want to lose your fucking job. Exactly. Well, yeah. fuck. That's, like, another thing I think most people that just enter the workforce need to understand is that HR is there to protect the company's ass, not yeah. yours. Yeah, not they're there to wrangle the human yours. resources. That's you. They're basically there, <laughs> you know... To figure out what complaint is going to negatively affect the company the most. And you can complain. I, just speaking from personal experience of someone else that I know, like they're one of their first jobs, like out of like school and stuff like that. They basically had a complaint with another employee and basically through the network of the HR, even though they're the one that complained, the person that they complained against got to counter complain against them. And they somehow mm -hmm. ended up getting in trouble because that's the way HR came down <laughs> in the Wait, decision. What? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. HR within their galaxy brains. Yeah. What punish yeah. the person that complained about their the basically their working conditions and the scenario that they were put into. Yeah. You're acting entitled. Hold your hand out. Slap. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> Yeah, do not, do not recommend. Ten out of ten, do not recommend. I feel like, I mean, do not. If it's like a big enough thing that it's like a like it's like an issue, like that's like a big big issue, I'd almost say like go and find like a fucking workplace lawyer or some shit and go and mm -hmm. handle it. If it's like big enough to deal with, go talk to your union <laughs> or that. If you have that, I mean, that's a total. Most people don't have that. Oh, wait, that's like a one? tiny percent of the American workforce. Oh shit, no union. Yeah, or try to like put it on loudspeaker, but even then, you gotta hope that that will some way, some way result in oh, no. a better situation for your quality of life, or you, you get to get a loss out of it, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so much bullshit. So much bullshit. Yeah, you gotta be real careful with stuff like that. You got, or you gotta know the right people. Gotta know the right people. Gotta know who can pull those strings. Yeah, that's true. Who's in the hierarchy? Did did you ever like explicitly get shown a uh, a uh, like a an infograph <laughs> of what your company's hierarchy looked like? Maybe. Like here's like, like this person is in charge of these people. Oh. Is in charge of these people. No, like I've been told sort of verbally, thing. but I've never seen the physical graph. Yeah. We started getting those at one of my former workplaces, the same place that didn't like the, the comment box. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, it was inverted. Uh, so, like, I don't know how dumb they thought we Wait, were. They put you all on like, the top? They put us on the top! <laughs> oh, they put, the, they put the, like, the... This guy works for yeah. me! <laughs> yeah, they put, well, the people that they put at the very, very top, the customers. Holy 
shit. I want to go. Yeah, it was like, this is the people we serve. Wanna... And these are the people who are the first line of contact. So they're the most valuable people. I want to go throw myself out of a 12-story building. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was like, what the fuck? And it was just like cricket quiet. <laughs> Everybody was like, I, what am I supposed to say? I don't feel like I have any kind of discourse to add here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Looking back, I should have raised my hand and just been like, isn't this inverted? Like, yeah. aren't the people in charge usually at the top? Yeah. No. It's like, why, why is this all flipped around? It's like, no, because the customers are the most important. <laughs> God, that's so disgusting. They might as well just have just been dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the dollar bills are, yeah. and the people that have to touch those dirty, dirty dollar bills are you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you follow it, all the money goes over here to the tippy bottom. The tippy, tippy bottom. <laughs> The tippy tippy bottom, yeah. Wait, tippy bottom that doesn't make any sense. T- tippy bottom, <laughs> the top of the bottom. I think, I think that guy's on top. Yeah. Why, oh, why does he God. get all the money? Yeah, I think some people were just like power tripping about that time. I had a couple of middle managers that were like, so-and-so's not listening to me. And we're like, well, wait, isn't it a flat hierarchy? It's like, yeah, but they're not listening. <laughs> they're like, okay, we're going to come up with a big infograph for everybody to put them in their goddamn place. Yeah. Like, here you go, everybody. Mm-hmm. Now now shut up. Just listen to your manager. I mean, fellow co-worker. <laughs> yeah, co-worker. They can tell you what to do and fire you. <laughs> yeah, in this totally egalitarian workplace. Yeah, like seriously. Like watch what you say around this person. They're constantly like, hey, you know, like life's kind of tough sometimes. You want to tell me your deepest, darkest secrets so that I can use them against you in the instance that we need to determine who to hire and fire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, no, <laughs> I don't want to say any of that now. Yeah. <laughs> First time one of your like upper managers approaches you and be like, now I understand you're thinking about moving away. Does that? It was like, wait, what? I didn't talk to you about this. <laughs> How do you know this? Who told you this? Todd. God damn it, Todd. 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 Todd's like like over in a cubicle, just like waving, like hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you, Todd. Oh, did oh. I say hi? I was waving because I was saying bye. <laughs> oh, whoopsie. Whoops. Yeah. I'm at the tippy tippy bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I have no joy in my own life, so I have to increase other people's suffering to increase my joy. Yeah. <laughs> I read a little article about that. Like some people have this like sadist personality disorder, which just sounds like sociopathy. I don't yeah. know if there's a big difference between sociopathy and something else. It's like people are getting bored. You know, they got they gotta figure out some kind of like bullshit mental health issue to write about yeah you're probably right sadist mental health disorder like no like people people have been mean for all eternity (laughs) it's god being mean (laughs) you've had that there's always gonna be the meanies that's a thing yeah and they're gonna like point it out and be like oh it's actually um like six percent of the workforce or if you look at the blues it's like 97 percent i don't know how that happened (laughs) It's almost like they were testing specifically for who was most likely to be sadist, and then they made them managers. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. All like the things totally you say you value as a company, this person has none of that. <laughs> yeah, but they're really good at aggressively pushing people to do things they don't uh, want to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, I – oof. Yeah. No, I... It's like what all those questions lead to, right? Yeah. Like, they just, like, ask you questions, and questions like, do you do what you're told? And I'm like, well, that seems like a trick question. Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you're an orange. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck. What are they supposed to think? Yeah. Are you really, do you take pleasure in other people's pain? It's like, no, of course not. Not a blue. <laughs> Fuck. I'm flunking this test. I'm trying to work my way up to the tippy tippy bottom. Oh man. I'll never get there at this rate. Speak- if only I work hard enough and I nail all these tests. Speaking of what? I was gonna say speaking of tippy bottom, how far on the bottom do you have to be to be buying uh used, cleaned, and resold condoms? Oh yeah. So this is um Binduang province in Vietnam. How about that? Yeah, that's 
pretty gross. I don't know, man. That's, that's uh, sustainability, right? Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Hell yeah, man. Uh, roughly three and a half thousand. Wow, that's three and a half thousand. Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter thousand. Three hundred twenty-four thousand. Okay. Um, but but um, weighing three hundred and sixty kilos in total. Ew, the weight is different after they're clean. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what's the way after they clean? They they said the used condoms uh weighed three hundred and sixty kilos in total. Mm-hmm. So we know beyond the shadow of a doubt that after they're cleaned they weigh less. Oh, well they didn't tell us, but yeah, probably. <laughs> well uh, I mean they gotta say I know, there's, there's I, know I know, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Don't make me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's it's very strange. Like at one part oh, of me, smell. like I at first when I read this, I was thinking that you know people are just trying to get by. They're just like, "Fuck, what do I got?" There's always used condoms around here. Mm-hmm. I can clean them. So, right. But yeah, when you read I mean, the story, it, it, it the uh, the person that was cleaning the condoms, right? Because this is illegal. You can't you can't do this. Mm-hmm can't do this. Um, there's probably somewhere in the world you can do this, but you can't do this in Vietnam. And Nyak, I don't know how to pronounce this, the person that was cleaning the condoms said that around once a month, air quotes, somebody delivered thousands of used condoms to her. So I don't know if like, maybe it's like a racket of there was like someone else that's like, hey, Nyak, your job's to clean these condoms. And Todd's going to come here once a month with a trash bag filled with condoms, and you're going to fucking clean them, and then I'm going to sell them and make all the money. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they got busted, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they got busted. Yes. That's that's so why we know about this. That's how we know this was Fontitania got the person you were just talking about. How do you pronounce that last name? How would you I, say I said Nyak. I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand Nyak. percent sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. I don't know Vietnamese. N-G-O-C? Win. Isn't the N-G in a win noise? Like win? Like N-G-U-Y-E-N? Isn't that pronounced win? So maybe it'd be walk? I don't fucking know. Maybe it's walk. Walk. Yeah, maybe it's walk. Uh, she's like our age. And the um, Vietnam Directorate of Market Surveillance busted her. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Uh, I mean, people do what they want to do. As long as she wasn't being exploited or encouraged to do this beyond her own volition, then I see no reason with her wanting to do this particular thing. <laughs> but it does say her job was to clean blah, 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 blah. Do exactly. When it says it's her job, it makes me think there was someone else that was employing her. There was coercion. Yeah. Be like, yeah. hey, you little shit. When, mm-hmm. when Todd brings the goods, you clean them. Like, it yeah. wasn't like, I'm going to make so much money cleaning these condoms. Mm-hmm. I'm always wary of stories like this as well. Because I, I know that, especially because this is obviously, is this is this the originally in English? Or is this translated? I have no idea. I mean, this was, is, I don't know. This is what I would call International Edition Newsletter. Most read via it. It is. It is very clickbaity, and I would think that it is clickbaity to cater to English audiences. Oh, for sure. Uh, like specifically American audiences. Oh, look at these gross Vietnamese people cleaning condoms. Right, and they they show a, a nasty ass picture of, uh, you know, so to describe this this image for everyone that's included within the article. There's like a bunch of bags that are sitting up against the corner. Build a condom. A couple of fans, little floor fans, obviously insinuating that they don't have any type of, uh, you know, central heating or cooling. And they've got this like roll-up door, which it looks like kind of like a storage unit. It's tiled on the floor, and there's like some kind of gas, like a little gas canister in the back. I don't know, maybe that's for heating. But in the center, you know, center shot, you got this big trash bag. Big clear trash bag so you can see what's inside of it. That's pretty important. <laughs> of a bunch of condoms, a bunch of like, uh, you know, like that nasty latex color. It's like beige colored yeah. uh, condoms that are, I guess, being sorted into another couple of bags, a basket, and one is stretched over a big like wooden looking dildo object. Could just be like a broomstick. I don't know, like broken off broomstick. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but what even the fuck so, that like, thing is. Yeah, this is yeah. – uh, they they want to I, – I'm thinking that they're 
presenting depravity and poverty. Yeah. But by showing us images like this. Oh, for sure. Which could be the case. I mean, like, I think that there's probably poverty, you know, everywhere. In any place that um, capitalism exists, you know, the world over, there's going to be people paying for it. Yeah. And this is one of those instances, I'm sure. Including this country. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there, there are far more effective ways of, um, of consensual birth control. I want to say consensual birth control because we discussed one last week that was not, <laughs> that does not fall within the confines of consensual birth control. That is a lot better than the use of condoms, more sustainable than the use of condoms. So. I don't know. I, I think that uh, if that was to be implemented on a wide enough scale, of course, circumventing a lot of the uh, social conventions that prevent um, institutions from accepting individuals on a person-by-person -person basis can take control of their own bodies, can have sovereignty of what they choose to do, uh, what they ultimately choose to produce uh, through whatever type of exploit or endeavor they take part in in their life. Is directly in conflict with what they'd like, which is to produce more of a reserve labor force by procreation <laughs> or an, or congregation or any of the other institutions that would intentionally tell its members uh, or people that it's coercing into having children. It's very important that you produce more people like you so that we can have a reserve of people like you. To do things like cleaning condoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> mm. oh, that, yeah. that's effectively what's what's like that's like the subtext in this story, right? Like, what's what's the purpose of a contraceptive? Like, what why why is this even a necessary component? Like, let's assume that there's nothing past this story in terms of uh, coercion or exploitation. It's a big put aside, right? <laughs> Birth control is a thing. Uh, you know, like contraception's a thing. Why is it that there is a shortage of contraception in the, um, you know, the the Bin Duong province in Vietnam? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's a shortage. There might not even be a shortage. I might just be trying to undercut the market. Like, I don't fucking know. For all I know, there's plenty. I mean, there's so many undercut fucking condoms in this fucking picture. It makes me think they're doing okay. <laughs> it just seems like wildly inefficient, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Soak them in a spermicide and run them through some kind of light dry cycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, people. Uh, maybe it gives people a false sense of confidence that they have something over their dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, regardless of where it came from, because I know if I was one of those guys that approached this this little like ramshackle condom reselling mm -hmm. shop and they were like we'll give you five condoms for a dollar yeah. <laughs> it's probably way cheaper than <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> it's like cheaper than that in the united states if you bring uh, us five used condoms we'll give you one clean one nice <laughs> got guys that are coming up with like trash bags of used condoms like, where do you get all these <laughs> i'm a busy man <laughs> <laughs> i make a lot of sex yeah, I receive much solicitation. <laughs> the sign says no questions asked. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a pretty gross job. Pretty gross job indeed. Yeah. Oh, the only thing more gross lady. than that, in my opinion, is uh, this headline. This one's really good. Water will be traded on Wall Street soon. Man. First time in uh, history of Wall Street, water going to be traded as uh, commodity futures. It's pretty cool. What What do you know about the CME Group? Nothing. The so this is the this is the group that's creating the futures. Um, which do you can you explain to me what what it means to have a commodity future yeah. in the stock market yeah. so it's it sounds way more complicated than it is it's actually shit very simple basically all it's saying is you're 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 writing on the dotted line that you're going to buy x amount of x commodity at x price and then so when that time at, at, at a specific time so when that time comes 
regardless what the market says. You know, let's say you said you're going to buy a hundred gallons of water uh, for five cents a gallon uh, on Christmas Day, right? Obviously, you can't do that because the stock market's not open on Christmas Day. But just bear with me. So you're going to buy hundred <laughs> gallons of, this analogy doesn't of work. <laughs> water at five cents a gallon on Christmas Day. If that day comes and water is only selling for one cent a gallon, you still got to pay the five cents a gallon to get that water. But you know, on the flip side. If water is selling for ten cents a gallon on that day, you know you save yourself five cents on the gallon, and this is all happening due to water shortages on the West Coast. So basically, these fucking almond giant uh, companies and stuff like that, and other agro agro businesses that just eat up millions and millions of gallons of water, are going to be able to trade on water like a fucking commodity, like a stock, to mm-hmm. buy futures in it. Yeah, according to the article, 40% of the water currently consumed in the state goes to crop production. Yeah, which is just not a good sign. It's just not, it's yeah. not a good sign. It's a sign in scarcity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is pretty scary. I saw Chinatown. I know how this ends. <laughs> uh, that's Yeah, that is pretty depressing. And I, I've heard of, uh, is it Fiji? Um, is that the water company that has the reservoir... Um, shit. That's a New Where Zealand is it? one, exactly? isn't it? Uh, Fiji Water Reservoir. I don't. I can't remember if it was Fiji or if it was another one, but effectively they. Um... Okay, there's a controversy. No, it's probably not that. I can't remember the company in particular. I'm sure that there are instances of it uh, in which. Uh, these water companies will secure rights to uh, oh. an area, a body of water that limit the resource to be delineated amongst the population yep. that is in very near geographical proximity to yep. it. And uh, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just like, you need water. I yeah. mean, yeah, we've talked about this in goddamn Flint, Michigan, and the Nestle fucking water rights that are right fucking. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, that yeah, that's that's uh, pretty depressing. Uh, I mean, especially in these little areas in which they have maybe like one reservoir, and maybe it's like not a super developed place. Maybe they have so few uh, things that increase their quality of life. That having just like a clean little reservoir of water is one of the few things that makes it worth living there. Yep. And then this this company comes in and just bullies them out of their water rights yeah. and says, fuck you guys, you can't do anything about it. We're going to take all your water and we're just going to bottle it and ship it off to some gas station in America. Yep. Gross. Super fucking gross. Ugh. Yeah, it makes me. Yeah, it's not look, not looking good, folks. Water wars. You know, we talked about last week of fucking angry uh, Mexican farmers uh, raiding an American or no one of their own dams to keep the water from going to America. So this stuff's gonna keep happening. Yeah. Well, everybody that lives in an area that could possibly have a um, water collection system, uh, or I don't know, some some way to like. Get off the grid. I don't even know how. How do you get off the grid? With you have like your own personal water tower. <laughs> You'd have to have like something. I still water pressure. Yeah. <laughs> have to use a lot less water. I mean, um, there's these mm-hmm. cool things called uh, Earth ships. Have you heard of these before? Yeah, yeah, Earth ships. Those are cool. Yeah. You would have. I know those. You like dig into the side of a into the side of a mound and it's like a, an elongated like hot dog style. Yeah, I mean, there's a House. couple of different styles that they do because they're always experimenting and trying to find better ways to make them. But, I mean, it's, it's all about sustainable uh, housing. And, I mean, they're mm-hmm. out in the middle of fucking either New Mexico or Arizona. I can't remember which one. I think it's New Mexico. And they uh, are able to be self-sustaining as far as water goes for the most part. And I know that the, what they do is they have a gray water and a black water system which allows them to reuse the water so you have your drinking supply and then whatever excess water from the drinking supply goes into the gray water which is going to be used for like um flushing and stuff like that and then once it's been flushed now that goes into your black water system and then that goes out to like um your trees on your property or something like that 
like plants that you aren't going to eat from, but can still use the mm-hmm. wastewater and stuff. That's smart. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I like it. You think there's a way that uh, this model could easily be implemented in areas that are uh, attempting to distance themselves from exploitative practices that prevent them from having the resources necessary to live a high quality of life? Um, I know they're pretty complicated, so I don't know. (laughs) I I mean, you theoretically could, but it just depends on how many resources those people have to implement it. Some of these look pretty cool, man. It's pretty pretty awesome yeah i like i like it and yeah yeah it'd be neat it'd be great if everyone had that but but not everybody has access to cases upon cases of wine bottles to make your walls out of (laughs) we don't need that for the gray water system but yeah for sure i've been wasting all these wine bottles i could have been building an airship this whole time oh nice (laughs) yeah do it, do it, folks. You should, uh, you should build, build your Earth ships and blast off into a world of sustainability. I, I, I think the story that makes me, it probably, it, I don't, I, I don't know if it makes me the most sad to write one because the water trading features uh, is pretty bad, but this one's up there. It's a uh, oh, gig yeah. economy company launches Uber, but for evicting people. Now, if that's mm-hmm. not dystopian hellscape nightmare fuel, I don't know what the fuck is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, like, what kind? Like, speaking of like evil, uh, taking pleasure in people's pains, blue people. Like, what kind of freak brain do you have to have to be like, oh, I got an idea with the economy going down the tube. If I just made a uber but for evicting people i could make a lot of money <laughs> yeah man like who the okay fuck so this is this is objectively very fucked up and people like you and i directly understand just how fucked up it is considering that a lot of these people are being exploited to begin with and then they're being forced out of the only show that they have one of the necessary human needs to survive yeah uh, and pushed out on the street because it is more financially beneficial to the people who claim legal ownership to the space. But I want to do like a little bit of a, a, bit of a devil's advocate kind of thing, maybe. A little bit of devil's advocate thing. Okay. So let's imagine that I think it's totally fine to own multiple properties and to rent them out. Okay. So we have this like this moral basis, right? That I'm not going to assume that it is parasitic for me to own more than the place in which I live. Okay, which I understand is a bit of a leap in and of itself. But if that's the culture that I am personally raised in, if that's the if that's the 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 landlording basis for what I am doing here, like. You know, I'm not taking advantage of anyone by simply owning additional properties. And now that I have all of these additional properties that I'm not currently utilizing, um, there is a market for said properties yeah. to be able to allow others to live within them. However, I want to offset those costs because I have legal recourse in order to do so. Yeah. So people want to live there. I'm going to put this house available for rent on some yeah. kind of, I mean, because there's a million different a million different places that you can post whether or not you want to rent your property out because there's a money-making endeavor. Of course, there's going to be a million different kinds of it if it allows you to be lucrative. So I got this out there, and somebody's like, oh, shit, Like I just got kicked out of my last place. Where do I find a place? Where do I find a place? Or I'm just moving to a new area, or I don't have money to pay for a mortgage, or any of the other reasons yes. that people are forced to rent instead of buy, which, I mean, in some of those, some of those instances are, are certainly – by choice you know in the instance that you don't want to like tie yourself down to a particular location you don't want to associate yourself with uh, a large lending uh, institution or i don't know i'm sure that there are reasons why i think that the cons far outweigh the benefits in the instance that you are making the choice to rent versus buy even so beside the point person is going to consent to giving you a certain amount you know for living there you know, it's like it's almost like if you can just like manage to pull yourself out of any of the social ramifications of having this like 
I'm better than you kind of attitude in association with the people that you're renting to, you can justify a lot of these situations very easily, right? Of course. Just be like, oh, well, I'm not getting paid the thing that I was agreed to getting paid, so now those people have to go as part of yeah, it, it, the legal I mean, relationship yeah, it, that we exactly. have. Exactly. It's just a business transaction. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's... It's like, so, I, like, it's not my responsibility to make sure that they're cared for because they're not part of my social circle. Maybe they're not my children. Maybe they're not people that, that I am going to take great offense at not having their basic needs met. Yeah. So... Fuck them, I guess. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. Yeah, I mean that's that that's how violence is uh, uh, perpetuated in our fucking society. Is like it's like oh no 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 I'm not I'm not starving you. I'm just mm-hmm. charging all this money for food and you don't have money. Mm-hmm. And that's your personal responsibility. It's like oh no 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 I'm not making you homeless. I just charge money you want to live inside this home and you don't have money you know well why it, am i the one that's got to foot the bill for these people not being able to pay their exactly landlord, it, yada, yada. it just puts all the onus and responsibility on the individual and uh you know as long as you got money it's fine it all works out great mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> yeah i i think uh, it's it's really difficult for people who have grown up with the understanding that loan, landlording is a totally fine and acceptable, uh, even morally integrated practice. Um, that the the very inception of having additional spaces, additional spaces that are livable, um, owning them, that that concept in and of itself is wrong. Like it's pretty fucking having an excess of things is a materialistic attitude that is going to simultaneously prevent others from having those very things that you're not utilizing unless you're able to do it in a parasitic sense. Yeah. Um, I, I've even ha- I've even heard the argument from some folks in discussions such as this that having additional properties is some folks only source of income. So like making them seem like like they're they're inherently tied to this type of business that they're they're good people who are executing <laughs> the appropriate amount of stewardship and they use that oh, term specifically no. <laughs> so you can kind of understand where they might be coming from stewardship in order to insinuate that they are caring for this space that they are doing a lot of work in order to ensure that it's up kept ain't doing shit and what'd you say you ain't what? doing shit you ain't doing shit you're not doing shit in comparison to what the the tenant is doing that's for sure um especially because they're paying your mortgage off in the instance that you don't already own it and if you do already own it then they're just taking shit off the top exactly it's like yeah i don't don't, don't have to do fucking shit um i mean and there have been instances as well i'm sure that people have paid uh an equivalent amount to what that space was legitimately uh legitimately worth for maintenance like a, a like a bar minimum like okay, you pay me fifty dollars a month, and uh, you know I'll I'll take care of all of the all of the repairs, which is effectively just like contracting, right? It's effectively just like paying someone a subscription fee to make sure that things are up kept in the Wait, house. Wait, what? All right, roll back. So so there there have been some instances, and my I myself you know are included in this group that have rented at at a pretty pretty damn low rate um you know almost like as basic as what it costs in order to maintain that property in terms of taxes in in terms of literal laborious maintenance you know like somebody replaces a light bulb they charge me for the light bulb because i'm the one that's living there and experiencing the light from the light bulb. you don't you 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 want to just buy a new light bulb and replace it yourself exactly so that's the thing like it's it's effectively a subscription fee to ensure that all of those things are going to be taken care of for that you. That just seems weird. <laughs> it does seem really weird. I, well, I mean, like when you put it, when you put it, like it's a, if like it's a subscription fee. Like I'm, I'm comparing it to something like Netflix. I just don't right? know why they wouldn't just like, like. I don't know what I want on Netflix. They're gonna come out with things, and sometimes I'll like them, and sometimes I won't. But regardless, they're gonna charge me the whatever fifteen dollars a month. I just don't know why they wouldn't just like tack that on to your fucking rent. And then be like, go buy your own fucking light bulb. Why do I want it? Like, who the fuck has time to be responsible for people's light bulbs? 
Well, I guess that was a, a rather simplistic. Oh, okay. I thought uh, that was a literal example. Okay. Well, no, not not that in particular. But let's say it was something like uh, like um, a repair on a heating unit in which a specialist needed to be called. I feel in. Like most places, like just tack that onto the rent, and you, and you bitch, and they come and clean it, and they come and fix it. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you kind of have to do that, right? They. It's like you're the the landlord is a middleman in that instance, unless yeah. they're doing all of those repairs themselves. Exactly, of, which yeah. hey, sometimes that is the case, which, but which usually more often worse. than not, and increasingly so, and it's worse. Yeah, it's like they come and like slap a bandaid on it and hope that everything's exactly. going to be okay. Like actually, this way possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not to mention you have like fucking shit recourse if. They try to repair something, it ends up not working, and or they go on a big trip and can't fix something. Oh, sorry, that... I used all your rent money yeah. to go and visit Cancun. I'm not going to be back for the next three <laughs> weeks, and uh, I refuse to pay someone else to check on it in my absence. <laughs> if they are objectively wealthy, I mean, like they're they're. Oh, I wasn't like wealthy, well. but I'm using the money from your rent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, even <laughs> you and I have actually personally experienced uh, a situation in which, um, you know, something something wasn't fixed or something wasn't quite right. Um, maybe a window was left open. I don't know. Uh, and it was really, really cold in a place <laughs> that I might have been renting. <laughs> um, but regardless, um, you know, some of that stuff is is very much owned by personal people who are at best middle class. Yeah, you know, they're, I mean, they're no. not they're not going off and taking trips to Cancun yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. I, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that just goes to show, like, they're at least middle class. That there's so many other people that like, could never afford to be in a situation where they have excess properties to rent out to people. You know, that it's like exactly. by the fact that you yeah. the, by the fact that you're in a position where you have excess properties just shows how privileged of a person you are. And if you can't wrap mm -hmm. your brain around that, then uh, I don't, I don't fucking, know. I don't know what to tell you. I think, I think it might be an okay circle logic to denote anyone who can afford additional properties they are not living in for the explicit purpose to rent them out to others are doing well. You know, those those people are are not impoverished. Those people are not in hard times. They're doing well, like, but they're not doing good. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yes. 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 Not, not doing morally good, but they are they are well off yeah. uh, in in terms of of financial success or the uh, class related hierarchy. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So I don't think that a lot of those people, uh, you know, the, via the example that that we we just presented, are utilizing something like civil. I think more often than not, these kinds of apps are being utilized by extraordinarily large housing companies that maintain many, many properties. We had a little a little conflict with the last place that we rented, and they thought it was something of an apologetic to note that they managed over 850 properties in the area, which I thought was more of a more of a tick off. You know, like that's not that's actually bad. You know, that's no that's no apology for for not giving us our fair shake. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Like, shouldn't you, at least based on this uh, supposed view of laissez-faire economics, uh, be so much better at managing all of these properties than people who would be able to maintain them independently, simply based on the fact that you've been able to acquire all of these different properties, that you have a better model, that you are more competitive? You're more organized. I, I don't know. Fill in the blank better because we have more. Whatever kind of fucking circle logic is used there. Um, but yeah, these people were they were effectively saying we we didn't we don't have the ability to do this thing that we promised you to do because we're trying to manage 850 properties. It's difficult for us to keep up. Well, maybe you shouldn't be doing that then. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be maintaining 850 properties all at one time. But, um, well, I'm, the thing is, it makes it even more fucked up, is I'm reading here that um, evictions, so, uh, okay, so uh, evictions are still banned uh, for most residential properties between September 4th and December 31st. So they're going to at least wait for you to have Christmas, and then you can start kicking people out. So it's even more insidious to add the extra layer that this 
fucking company is coming into, I don't know, uh, its own and being used uh, at this time when, uh, according to the federal government, evictions are supposed to be banned until the December 31st. Yeah, and if you just simply were like, hey, no more evictions, what's going to happen? Oh, no, landlord can't pay their mortgage, so the bank appropriates it. Yeah. And then when the bank appropriates it, what happens they, then? Like, right, obviously, right. they st- they still can't kick them out, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, they yeah. Have, that's true. Yeah, like, so who gives a fucking shit? Like, just, just be like, uh, you know, no more evictions, period. Oh man, I mean, it, yeah, it really doesn't matter who owns it at that point, it, it because there's no there's no recourse. The whole purpose of ownership is so that you can throw around your your shitbag weight and take things away from people when when it suits you from a lucrative standpoint. Yeah. Or sell things or build you know accumulate wealth. It's like it's 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 all based around that principle. Uh, so stupid. And like the people who are employed by civil as well, like it, we, I, I mean, it would it would make for a a, a rather ironic uh, um, image. But what if some of these people who are being evicted can only find jobs as an eviction crew? Exactly. Like I mean, that could totally fucking happen. That's it, man. That's it. And I would imagine that some of those people weren't wouldn't be so upset by that i mean they they would probably they would probably be like the the guy that i was talking about earlier that i worked with that was getting paid eight dollars an hour but happy that he had a job job. (laughs) i'm evicting i'm evicting you so i don't have to evict myself yeah yeah it's it's this race to the bottom like i'm gonna figure out how i'm gonna be able to scrounge and save and fuck over as many people around me as i can which further perpetuates this isolation that i have within my community and others are like, hey, you're just like me. Why in the world are you doing this? It's like, sorry, bud. This is what the boss wants. Yeah. This is what the boss wants. That's what I get the monies for. Like, fuck you, dude. Pretty uh, bad. Piece of shit. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, there's a man who erected a giant wooden penis on his lawn and fights to keep it up. In uh, Wilton, <laughs> New York. Yeah. I like his American flag. Too, <laughs> it's so it. good. It's pretty good. Two point one meters. It doesn't even seem like it's in front of a house. It just looks like it's in the middle of the fucking woods. Like, where does this guy live? Yeah, it's like a bunch of mud and brush and all other kind of stuff around. It's not even like a it's tree very in the symmetrical. <laughs> it's basically a post that has like a little like penis head carved on top of it, yeah. and then two boulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a pretty easy uh, statue. Apparently, it's chainsaw art. He made it with a chainsaw. It's it's fucking just gorgeous. It's exemplary. Wait, he's do, wait. Do you think Montreal that he meant to take a picture man? with a? Wait, is that in Canada? Uh, Montreal-born New Yorker, yeah, and carpenter, fighting in court to keep his giant wooden penis statue on display in front of his home. So, in front of his home. Good God, where does he live? I mean, he's quite literally out in the woods. Yeah, it's like, where? (laughs) Behind the tree? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I moved to America so that I could carve penis statues and put them out in front of my house. It gets even better. If you scroll down, it shows there's a picture of him, and he's got a chicken on his shoulder. He's got a cock on his shoulder. He's got, well, if it's it's a male male chicken. (laughs) Go with it. Go with it. One of them man chicks. What the hell? Whoa, if, wait, if you scroll down even more... The close-up. You can... Mm-hmm. Is that his house? Like, I'm not... I'm not poverty-shaming. It looks like a... It looks like a pile of, uh... Like, boards that have been leaned up. Like, some of them aren't even nailed on. That's They're just, like, fun. piled up. That can't be his house. It's gotta be, like, a shed or something. Yeah, if he has the ability and time to be able to carve something like that... Yeah, you're right. And he's a carpenter, and he's just, like, <laughs> leaning up... Like, <laughs> Four by eight sheets of plywood (laughs) in order to make a house? I don't think so. He's even got, like, he's got a trash service coming to his house. Like, he's got the little things in the back there. (laughs) Oh, what's even better is that at night, he puts a spotlight on it. So you can, like, see it. It's, it's like, (laughs) oh, my God. Oh, man, that's great. You see the description? He's like... 
Uh, Jamie Gogney says his giant wooden penis has a little bit of veins, as well as the tip is very well shaped. <laughs> He's like talking about like all the artistic elements that went. It's like this is a lot of hard work. Yeah. Um, you really have to get the veins right. You know, you don't want it to protrude too much. Uh, it has to look organic, natural. Do you know how fucking hard it is to make a perfect circle with a goddamn chainsaw? But I did it. Yeah. Not once, but twice. Twice. Yeah, I made these these perfect looking boulders. Actually, they're kind of like they kind of like droop off. You know, they they look kind of like they're hanging. But man, that's that's some good work. Some, it's impressive. Some good work, dude. Ah, so who's who's getting upset about this? I don't know, probably everyone that drives by. Uh, my lawyer is pretty confident the law doesn't even apply. This is very clearly a First Amendment case, First Amendment protected product of freedom of speech and free expression. Yeah, seems accurate. In the meantime, he's moved it to his backyard. Oh man, that's how they win, dude. Wait, don't do that. Wait, okay. So, what the fuck? Uh, wait, so I think this is the reason why he made this in the first place. Here's the quote. The town stopped communicating with me, so I was getting a little frustrated, and I kind of wanted to draw their attention and kind of brute force a conversation. That's why he did it. Wait, so his, so the town isn't talking to him, and he's like, how am I going to make people talk to me? No one likes me. I got it. Everyone will start talking to me if I put a giant dick on my lawn. Then people will start liking me again. Wait, it's the town stopped communicating. What? Why would they? Stop I don't know. That's I what mean, I like, want to know. Just an asshole? Like, but the thing is, if he's the kind of guy that has American flags and a giant dick on his front lawn, like maybe that gives you the kind of personality that he has of why people wouldn't want to talk to him at the first place. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, apparently it was a confrontation with a couple of state troopers that that led to the uh, the offense being produced in court. The state troopers were like, "Take that down." He's like, "No." Yeah, they said uh, they were charging him with displaying offensive sexual material. It's a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a dick. Like fifty percent of uh, of our population have them, and. Uh, even so, like it's been in art and represented through symbolism for millennia. Like it's a it's a explicitly a very important part of what makes us human. So Oh my why? god, this is bullshit. So when the troopers mm -hmm. came, um they I asked to go grab my shoes and the officers told me that they'd have to come inside the house with me because I was currently detained. I didn't feel like inviting them into my home, so I just actually got booked and handcuffed and brought down to the station and bare feet. What a bunch of chuds. Yeah, seriously, because you're being detained. Um, you're detained, um, so we can't actually allow you to go into your house alone. Yeah, I think... You got a uh, fucking warrant, bitch? Seriously, what what we need to do here, What what is the act of solidarity... <laughs> That is necessary for us all to take. Lawn. Put a dick on your lawn. <laughs> Absolutely. Try to find a way to make the biggest possible dick monument that you can <laughs> and just plant it right in the center of your front yard, apartment complex, park, whatever. You know, we just gotta we just gotta fill it up, you know, sea of sea of dick. Sea of dick everywhere and just like plant them all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up into a, a oh, big old penis God. tree. Okay, last last little bit. So he moved the penis to his backyard in the meantime while he's fighting it out in court. And they asked him, like, what his future goals are. And he says, really, I just want to finish building my workshop. This is my primary goal. But if I win in court, I will put it back up. And once my workshop is complete, I will either auction it off or perhaps rent it out to other disgruntled residents who have shown interest in borrowing it. <laughs> just gonna pass it around it's like a giant wooden dick rental service that thing looks heavy as hell i can just imagine like a, a real casual you know like you're going over to your your neighbor's house and you know you're going over there because they have a circular saw and you don't have one so I'm like i gotta get the tool he's just over there like drinking a cup of coffee like yep well um how are you and yours like yeah they're doing all right how about you yeah yeah everybody's doing all right say uh that um that monument 
A monument you got in your front yard. I really like it. I really like it a lot. Uh, you think I could uh, get my hands on that? <laughs> think I could probably borrow that for a little bit? Like, well, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you can borrow it. I think, I think you can borrow it for a minute. You know, like, yeah, yeah, you don't mind? You don't mind? I was like, no, no, no. I, I'll, I'll throw it in the truck, and I'll bring it over later today. <laughs> and then they never gave it back. You always got to make sure you know where your penis monuments go, because if you lend them to your neighbors and you don't, don't keep track of them, it'll just end up in their front yard forever, and they'll never give it back. <laughs> That's great, man. I love Pretty it. Good. Pretty good. Do you want do you want to do, uh, want to do more stories? You want to call it there? What are you feeling? Um, let's see. The other stories that we have up here are rather sad. Yeah. Outside of the out of control super pigs, those are pretty cool. Yeah. You want to talk about super pigs? We can do super pigs. I feel like I knew about this. Like, it's twisting it in a different light. Like, they're super pigs. It's like, well, it's feral pigs. Feral pigs have been around since, what, 18th century? Well, 17th century? Well, so, from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, because I could have this wrong, that, like, feral pigs and mm-hmm. pigs that you basically would raise on a farm are the same, but, like, the, the yes. physiology... Of the pig changes when it's in the wild, yes. which yes. I can't wrap my brain around that. Like it doesn't they, make sense well, they, to me. They fuck with the other pigs. I mean, they're they're like there are boars. Um, the European wild boar, for example, that it notes in the article, uh, become crossbred with the feral hogs, and it produces. They they call them for the sake of this article super pigs. I like it, <laughs> but. They, they, yeah, over time they they breed with others, and not to mention like it's just like a process of natural selection. And if they breed relatively quickly, uh, pigs are already pretty big and dangerous, like especially the boars. So over time, I mean, even a couple of a couple of generations, you're probably going to get some pretty nasty looking things. I think in Texas, um, uh, it's illegal to kill most animals from a helicopter but i'm pretty sure in texas it's legal to helicopter hunt wild boars wow you can just like i think there's literal companies that are like yeah there's like shit there's shit tons of wild boars out here you know they want us to get rid of them you know you give us x amount of money you can hop in my helicopter here and you can just go nuts shooting wild boars out of this helicopter man that's that's quite a racket yeah Texas is a straight. You got a real monopoly on the whole helicopter hunting game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they they also have very large litters, uh, more than ten uh, piglets in each. On and average. how many litters can they do a year? Well, I mean that's a that's a good question. I don't know what the um, gest- what gestation sure. period is that the technical term. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's let's find out. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. 115 days. So they can do three so, litters a year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. No, I mean, not realistically. Yeah, and the, and the sows have to be six to eight months of age before uh, before they can produce. But, um, but I'm just talking like one mama pig, theoretically, mm-hmm. could do yeah. three, three, litters, three litters if if they're getting it. Yeah, yeah. at most. Yeah, so so that's you know upwards of thirty. Mm-hmm. That's just one produced by two a year. So that's 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 pretty fast. Pretty fast. They get really fucking big, man. How much do they weigh? Uh, the mass. Well, let's see. I was looking at their oh, height. One... They get sometimes they get up to four feet tall. Oh, this one says seventy-five to two hundred fifty pounds on average. Yeah. That's big. That's big. It's a big animal. That's more than my way. Well, not the 75, of course, but... Yeah. Good God, there's so many different varieties. Hmm. Yeah. I've heard they're pretty scary because they'll charge you. Fearless. Like, if you find them out in the wild, instead of, like, running away like a good number of other large animals, uh, they'll get, like, super aggressive and... Try to get you. Yeah, I hear that uh, pig bites are really bad. Like they're really? like you wouldn't think that they got like strong chompers because 
whatever, but they do. But they got they got them nasty teeth. Yeah. Like they'll they'll rip you apart. Oh yeah, and they've got those like the two big tusks. Mm-hmm. You can like clamp and hold on to you. Chris. Uh dimorphism is very pronounced in the species. Uh, males are typically five for ten percent larger and twenty to thirty percent heavier than females. Males also have that razorback thing going on, which is uh, particularly apparent during the autumn and winter. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, this story links me to a story from a year ago talking about a woman killed by feral hogs outside Texas home. So no good. Oh yeah, fifty-nine-year-old woman. No good. Mm-hmm. No good at all. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Texas spends around $4 million a year trying to control these uh, hog populations of over $1.5 million. I think mm. they should start giving out those helicopter rides for free. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Well, it kind of like in Kentucky, I think that uh, not too long ago, at least when, when we were in high school, it was uh, open season on coyotes. Oh, yeah? Um, so I would think that because this is a, a similarly invasive species that they would allow hunters to yeah, hunt as much be. as they want it's on a particular be. thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're if the state is spending that much money trying to get rid of these things or, or trying to control them, yeah. um, it would stand the reason that anybody who'd want to do it for free use their own time, money, and resources to try to push these, these populations back. Um, you, you would do it. Also... It seems as though they are pretty tasty. So, there's that. Well, the cherry on top, uh, considering we're in, we're in Corona times, is it has a quote here. The increasing numbers of feral hogs in the U.S. is sometimes referred to as a feral swine bomb. Good God. <laughs> uh, I mean, which feral I mean, I'm just thinking about, oh, I guess maybe it's not necessarily referring to swine flu, but I mean, you know, there's always uh, the chance of these kinds of things, because mm-hmm. you got uh, feral swine are known to carry at least 30 viral and bacterial diseases, nearly 40 mm-hmm. parasites, all transmittable to humans and pets. Although, and just hear me out, yeah. this sounds kind of propagandistic. One reason, because if you had a bunch of pork just run around in the woods, and a bunch of people recognized that they could get meat much cheaper and much fresher by just going out in the woods, shooting a pig, and then bring it back to their house rather than going to the grocery store and going through all the mess that you got to go through in order to get uh, a clean and uh, uh, sustainable food source, uh, meat, that it would behoove a lot of large meatpacking industries to claim that all of these things were disease-written, that carried a bunch of uh, infections. It's like, well, isn't that one of the things that we're concerned about with the modern meatpacking industry? <laughs> Like, oh, they carry 30 viral bacterial diseases. Like, yeah, well, part of the reason why they do that or they, they carry so much in the uh, the factory farms today is because of the the way in which they're kept. Yeah, that's true. Like, they don't have enough space to move around or, you know, and thus because they're in such close proximity, they're readily communicating all of these – the viruses, diseases, and parasites to one yeah. another. Yeah, uh, there's a difference between just because they can carry 30 different viral and bacterial diseases doesn't yeah. mean each individual pig is actively succumbed to all right. 30 illnesses at mm-hmm. any given time. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I would, yeah. And that's why you cook your meat to 175. Yeah. Or, or I, you know, I mean, it's or 165. It's 165 or 175 for pork. I don't know. Go with 175. I, I think it's 165. Go with the higher one. 175. 175 for dark meat chicken, I'm pretty sure, is the rule of thumb. The, uh, but yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I would assume that they're probably less likely to succumb to these illnesses if they're out in the wild just doing their own thing, not covered in each other's shit. Mm-hmm. But you got to cut off the taint, right, Tim? That's not the secret. you got to cut off the taint or to ruin the meat. Cut. Oh, yeah, the little, little butthole flap part. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know anything you about gotta that. you got to cut something <laughs> off, right? you got to, like, cut its dick off or something before you eat it? I don't fucking know. Yeah, you got to cut the dick off. Is that, is that yeah, and then it plant it in your front yard so it can grow into a dick tree. <laughs> is that not a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it is. I think they're – well, you, you usually field dress stuff, right? Like you cut all the guts out like right then and there. Wait, you, wait, field dressing – wait, 
So you don't take the deer you just killed and put it in a dress before you take it home, field, field dress? No, you got to put it in a dress and you give it like a little teacup and you have a little party. That's that, that, that's what field dressing was. I, yeah, I, yeah, field dressing, it's all about not that. Not every hunter brought a dress with them just in case they needed a field dress. Well, then that's too bad if you if you can't pay for the something don't do the crime i don't know <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait how does it go how does it go uh, if you can't do the time don't pay the crime don't if you can't pay the time don't do the crime that's probably if it. you can't pay the time <laughs> don't do the crime there you go yeah four million dollars a year trying to control hog populations man <laughs> oh yes that's pretty cool i like it all right um what do you think, Jimmy? You want to wrap it up? Let's wrap it. Let's put a little bow on it. Um, Field dress that sucker. <laughs> thank you for everyone for listening today. If you would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at syndicatepowerment at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook at Syndicate Empowerment and send us a message. Or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at syndicatempowerme1. We'd love to hear from you. It means a lot to us. And if you're listening to us or any of the listening apps out there, please like and review to show. It means a lot to us and helps other people find us. Yeah! Helps people find us like a South Vietnam man finds a brilliant new line of work by collecting used condoms and reselling them to the public at far lower than retail value. Uh, you know, supply and demand. Macroeconomics, yeah. like my, microeconomics, mm-hmm. uh,